Hey there, everyone. Gil Wellsport here. I'm a fourth-generation entrepreneur, and this is my podcast with my fiance and co-host, Sandra Tran. We're here to dive into the everyday lives of real entrepreneurs, grinding day in and day out to build their business empires. This entrepreneurial life is a bumpy journey, and we're going to explore it all. So come along for the ride. I'm Gil Wellsford. I'm Sandra Tran. And, and this, this is Small B Talk. Hello, and welcome to Small B Talk. My name is Gil. I'm Sandra. And we are your co-hosts for today's show. How's your day going this morning, Sandra? I'm great. I started my day right by getting a little bit more sleep. I have committed to myself this week. My mini goal is to be more balanced. So I am trying to sleep a little bit more every night, making sure that I work out every day, no matter how much or how little time I have. So I started out really good this morning. I love that. And you're working out a little bit more than normal because you're training for a half marathon, right? I am. I'm very excited for my marathon or half marathon in October. I love it. I love it. Well, I have to tell you, I am super excited. I woke out up up this morning, couldn't wait to wake up because I have been working for probably six or eight months now trying to learn, do research and network to be able to flip a house. And just yesterday, my friend Steve, that's sort of showing me the ropes, decided, he and I decided that we are going to buy a house together. We found the house and we put in an offer. It got accepted. So I am super excited over the next few months is going to be a lot of learning and very busy for for me. A full-fledged house flipper. And I have to thank Sandra for letting me do crazy stuff like this. <laughs> You're just adding another trade to your jack of all tradesness. <laughs> so uh, another exciting thing is our first interview on Small B Talk. That's right. We are interviewing Jeanette Tavares today, and we are telling her very unconventional story about how she became a full-fledged girl boss. Um, Jeanette is a premier event planner in Washington, D.C., who had worked for her company for almost eight years until she decided to purchase the company from her boss, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I'm really excited about this one because I have a lot of friends that I've talked to that work for small companies and have shared their hopes and dreams of one day buying the company that they work for, or at least becoming a partner in that company. And Jeanette gave some really, really great advice, not only for people that are in that type of position, but also for a lot of people that are in small business. So I know that some of the things that we talked about, I've already uh, implemented into Nice Cream. So without further ado, here is our interview with Jeanette Tavares from Evoke DC. Hi, Jeanette. Hello. How are you today? I'm so great. How are you both? <laughs> We're good. We're very good. We're so excited that you're here today. I'm so excited. We're super happy to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Welcome to Small Bee Talk. Love it. <laughs> and welcome to our shed. Uh, the coolest shed in town. What much. do you think of our beautiful shed in I the back it. of our house? It's also very high tech in here, by the way. Everyone knows. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking into right now. I love it, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have to tell you that Sandra and I um, 
we we tidied up quite a bit for you oh, to make sure you. that you know the the shed was in good working order. There's like snacks in front of me. I'm really jazzed right now. <laughs> <laughs> you clearly Sandra, have been to the evoke office, right? <laughs> Sandra did uh, get some fruit and some almonds for Jeanette today. It's uh yeah. She, she always takes care of us. It's good. So nice. Thank you. So Jeanette, do you uh, do you want to introduce yourself to all of our listeners? Sure. I'm happy to. I'm Jeanette. I am the creative director at Evoke Design and Creative. We are a luxury events and design firm based in Washington, D.C., but doing things all over the world. And uh, we focus mainly on luxury clientele and concierge experiences. Before we really get into your entrepreneurial story, where is the craziest place that you've ever produced an event? Ooh, that's tough. Um, not the craziest place, but definitely the more the hardest place. Um, was in Seches, Spain, um, outside of Barcelona. So a little bit different, a small town. It was a private villa. Um, bringing everything into this like old school villa. Dinner in the backyard, all the lighting, all the power, everything. But we were kind of in like a remote area outside of Barcelona. So pulling vendors from the Barcelona sector, but also like trying to find local people that we could work with. Definitely a fun challenge. So before we talk about how you got started in owning your own event company, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and maybe what your upbringing was a little bit like. So um, my upbringing is I am from a Portuguese family. Um, Some might call it like your big fat foreign family. That's definitely (laughs) my family (laughs) dynamic. And I've never been so proud. I love them. Both my mom and my dad are Portuguese. Um, They both immigrated here to the U.S. Um, Both did not go to college. Um, Had my sister and I. Um, And I think we've done a pretty good job for ourselves, but everything has been self-taught both for them and then kind of for us a little bit in that aspect as well. I majored in communications and hospitality. I, uh, my house was always filled with people, classic foreign home. (laughs) Um, and I loved it. Like I loved watching my mom cook for like 40 people randomly on a Wednesday, (laughs) setting the table bustling around, doing all the things. And I had a feeling like hospitality was in my future. Okay. Surprise, here I am today. Do you feel like your parents being immigrants had a impact on you deciding to go into business for yourself? Absolutely. I think it's a lot about paving the road to your own success and watching my dad and my mom both do that, coming from a different country to the United States, really developing like what they wanted for our family, for our home, you know, working around the clock to make it happen for both my sister and I um, is a huge inspiration to me. And I'm forever grateful for that. But, um, you know, hard work is the key to success. Like I've always believed that. And I think every now and then you you need to put in that work to make it happen. And so um, I did just that with Evoke. Cool. So I'm actually going to turn the question over now to Sandra, actually, because Sandra has a fairly similar story. Her parents are Vietnamese immigrants. And uh, I'm kind of curious, sweetie, do you feel like your upbringing with uh, having immigrant parents has influenced you being an entrepreneur? So I think I definitely feel the same with you about the hard work. So you watch your parents work so hard and build this family while they're basically just trying to make ends meet because they have just come here. But I think it's interesting that you mention um, how you kind of like launched into entrepreneurship 
because you were taught all of this hard work. For me, my parents wanted something really steady. They were like, we worked so hard so you could get a normal job and have a constant salary all the time. So I'm curious, was that at all an experience for you where your parents said, you know, it's really risky. Like, don't don't jump off the bridge. Like, you have this great job. Like, just just do that. Definitely. I mean, I think my parents to this day still remind me like, why would you do this? Why are you stressed out all the time? Like we were stressed for you. So you just, <laughs> yes, exactly. You know? Like, yeah, I know. But why? I love being stressed. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, um, but I think a little bit goes to be like paying them back in mm-hmm. some sort of aspect. Like that might not be the exact terminology, but really just showing them how grateful I am, like for everything that they've done for our family and showing them that like, I can work just as hard and I can do this. And hopefully my kids don't need to work that hard one day too, but I secretly hope they will, you know? Right. Right. Um, But I think it's like watching them watch me now, um, just like the little things that make them so proud. And I'm sure for you, Sandra, the same thing for your family, just like, look at what she did, you know? And it might be the littlest thing, but showing them that we just didn't like kind of take what they gave us and ran with it, but Mm -hmm. rather like we're thanking them in a different way and like thanking them through our hard work and thanking them by like leaving their legacy alive and, and continuing it on, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's really, really rewarding. It's a special experience. I love that. That's awesome. So you mentioned that your mom basically it sounds like she kind of was an event planner when you were growing up, but maybe for your family. Uh, how did you get into event planning? What's that story? Great question. So my mom, sort of by default, event planner, mom extraordinaire, all the things. <laughs> um, she actually used to be in hospitality and catering for the Kennedy family back in the day. Wow. And would cater the events for the Kennedy family that lived on Fox Hall. And so like total backstory and she like tells me to this day, she remembers like pulling out the beautiful hemstitch white napkins and, Mm. um, you know, polishing the China and all the things for them. And like when she would tell me the story, I'd be like, yeah, you know, and it is until you get older, you're like, wait, the Kennedy family, like (laughs) that's their plan. Like, you know, all these things like really like hit you and you're like, this is epic. So you are now the owner and creative director of Evoke. Is that where you started your... Uh, your event planning and event design experience and um I was working at Hitched which was the bridal salon and I thought maybe I would get into bridal fashion also very creative and I wasn't 100% sold and Hitched is a bridal salon where someone comes and tries on their dresses exactly. and gets a so, wedding dress exactly mm-hmm. so Hitched go curated at the time it no longer exists but Julie and Karen who owned it were so wonderful and um ladies from all over who were getting married would go and get their dresses there and I was working there at the time and I remember Jody walking in you know red hair tall boots like her red lips ready to rock it you know hilarious like Totally like, oh, you have to get this and you have to get that. And this looks so fabulous. <laughs> so she was bringing girls into the salon and you were to try on dresses and you were there being their stylist and exactly. helping them along. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Their consultant and just like seeing Jody move like a thousand miles an hour. I was like, who is this human? <laughs> <laughs> She's so rare. Um, and then I remember her leaving like, bye, love you. Like kisses on the lips. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so loving too. Is this real? And then Julia and Karen were like, didn't you say you wanted to be an event planner? And I was like, yes, like I do. I think I do. 
And they're like, well, Jody Morrow is like the best in this industry. And I was like, all right, is that like a go green light that I can start stalking her? And they're like, absolutely. So you so you went and you were working at the Spraddle Salon and you found Jody Mararu. You stalked her. I'm assuming you ended up getting a job with her, right? And when she hired you, were you the <laughs> so she had other employees but uh prior to you, but were you the only employee at that time? There were three others on the team. Oh wow. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. What was it like to work there at first? At first, going into someone's home and working at their home is a, def- a definitely different, especially, you know, being a young um, you know, a younger employee, you know, you're like excited to kind of go into that office environment and like experience the same thing your friends are experiencing. You have to remember a lot of your friends are, you know, getting corporate jobs, eating in the cafeteria all together, going to happy hours together. And I'm in the middle of Bethesda. Yeah, it's great. And super different. You know, Jenny's like, can you walk the dog? I'm like, wait, what? Like, um, but I don't know. I loved it. And I think it reminded me a lot like of how I was raised too, like the total family dynamic. Talia would be like screaming at the bottom of the stairs and Eli would be getting ready for school and I'd be like coming up to work. Like it was those are her kids. Those are her kids (laughs) who are like my siblings. Um, But I think I think it took a little bit of time and then you would just realize like, wow, you have something so special. You know, you're like experiencing things as a family together. It's not just a business. And so when did you guys, you eventually moved into an office um, and how did you, when did that happen and how were you a part of that? So about, I would say four years into working with Jody. Um, so you were working out of her house for four yep, entire years. Yep. Working out of Jody's home for about four years. She said, maybe it was a little less, but about that, <clears throat> she was like, it's about time we get an office. But I didn't actually know about it. She kept the whole thing under wraps, a total secret, which was like really hard. We were working literally side by side, just like you and Gil are um, here in the awesome shed. I think then one day Jody was like, let's go get ice cream. And I was like, I don't want ice cream. I'll never forget. Funny enough, I love ice cream. I love ice cream. And you can always use some ice cream in always, your life, Jeanette. Always, you're right. And I remember uh, there's two others there. And Jenny's like, we're going to get ice cream. Like, girls, stop it. Like, total boss mode. Like, stop complaining. And then we pull up and she's like, okay, we're going through this door. And I was like, I don't think the ice cream place is this way, Jody. You know, classic Jeanette move. And uh, lo and behold, we looked at the door and it said like Future Evoke headquarters. So we did end up getting ice cream after to celebrate. So, but it was such a great moment. Like, and it really took Evoke to the next level. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, uh, fast forward a couple years from, from going into the, the new office and uh, and expanding the business that that Jody had expanded, you ended up buying Evoke, right? I did, I did. I bought Evoke. That is amazing. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you, thank you. It's so, been awesome. Why did you choose to buy a business versus starting your own event planning business? Such a great question. You know, I really thought really long and hard about that. Um, It is so easy to start a business these days. You know, you start an LLC, you put up a landing page, you start an Instagram handle. And for some people, it's easier. For me, I learned everything from Jodi. Evoke was so much my brand as it was hers. Um, We were producing these events side by side together. These clients were amazing. And we had the same, um, really the same foundation in mind. And everything we touched, we were so excited about. And that's what I loved about Evoke. And for me, I didn't think I could, 
I knew I could start my own business, but I didn't think I could start my own business and replicate Evoke. I loved the team dynamic. I love what it stood for. I loved our clients. I loved our look. And, you know, I think Jody wanted it to continue on and as she should, because it was beautiful. And I think one day we just looked at each other and we knew we had to make a change. And that change was me taking it over and her continuing to be a part of the family. So who approached the subject first? How did that how did that happen? I mean, you couldn't have been just sitting next to each other and she looked over and was like, I'm tired of this. You want to buy it for me? Depends on the date. <laughs> a few times. She was probably laughing. It did happen more than we think. But um, first of all, we joked a long time ago, like Jody would go on her Harley with Eldad and she'd be like, if anything happens Eldad is to her me, husband. Eldad's her husband. She'd be like, if anything happens to me, just like take evoke. And I was like, the whole thing? Like joking with her. And she's like, the whole thing? Like take it all and run with it. Such a Jody power move. Such a Jody power move. Like giving me a business. Like, <laughs> so you were all riding off Harley. on a Harley. Yeah. So you were definitely her second, her second in command, like yeah. her right hand girl. I felt like I was. Yeah. And for so long, I assisted Jody um, working directly with her clients. And then I also had my own clients. So it was really like a nice mix. And still to this day, we work together on certain projects. And um, we decided to go to lunch one day and we talked about it just very, very frank, not over martinis. Believe it or not, these transactions do not happen over martinis. <laughs> Would have been easier, but no. And uh, she said, like, where do you see yourself in the future? What do you want to do? And I asked her the same question. And she said, I think I have grown Evoke to where I can grow it to. And I really think that you can take it to the next level. Um, but I still want to be a part of it. And that's when we sort of decided this was the great next step for this business. And prior to that conversation, prior to sitting down at lunch, did you know or sense that that was the conversation you were going to have? I knew we were going to have some sort of a come to Jesus. I just wasn't sure exactly what was going to come out of it. But I think we were really happy at the end of lunch. And I think we both had a lot to think about. Um, and a lot of these transactions can go very sour. I've heard really terrible horror stories. Um, but I have to tell you, ours is a great one. That's amazing. I just went through a buyout as well uh, about a year ago-ish. And I still remember I could take you to the the booth in the diner that the conversation happened. And I think those are some really defining moments in your life. And I'm sure that's something that you'll remember forever. You could probably take us back to the bar still. Oh my God, we were at, like eating right? barbecue so random. But yes, <laughs> I definitely can. It is. And it's that moment where, you know, somebody looks at you and says like, I really can see you taking something to the next level. I'm like, oh, I better live up to this. Like, I got to live up to this. No, but it's great. It's an exciting moment. It's a scary moment, but it's a real moment. Who did you consult with before, I mean, did you talk to your husband? Did you talk to your parents like before this lunch meeting? Or was it just you had this meeting, you wanted to see how it went, and then you got as much advice as you could after? So I've always wanted to be a business owner. And I made this crazy promise to myself that in my 30s, I would own a business. Um, whether that was like a great idea or not, I'm still deciding. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was a great and I don't turn back any I would never turn back. Um, but I was like, I want to do something big. Like, I know I want to own a business. I think I'm ready for it. 
My husband's like, you're crazy, but you should definitely do it. He's like my all-star support system. And my parents were like, why? Why would you work so hard? Don't be stressed out, you know, on the flip side. And I was like, I'm just going to go to this lunch and see what it's about. There's no need to like ruffle anyone's feathers or get anyone excited. Let's like, I needed to get on the same page with Jody. And I think that's why this transaction went so well is because we were always on the same page. We really handled this um, this business conversation really well. Like we each had our teams on board. We each had our support systems on board. But more importantly, we discussed everything we felt comfortable with and everything we didn't feel comfortable with. And I think that that's why everything went so well. I think that's amazing that you guys kept open communication. And it seems like you're sort of talking about how having that open communication really helped the transaction. Would you say that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it still is a business transaction. So, um, you know, you do need to get teams involved, whether it's an account, an accountant, a financial advisor, a lawyer, a husband, a father, whatever you need to do. Those are really key players in anything because it's really important to hear what others have to say, but ultimately it's your decision. Ultimately, you have to decide if the investment is worth it, if you're willing to put in the hours of work that it's going to take, um, and if it's if it's your identity, if it's your brand, and if you, if everything lines up, then then it's the perfect decision. So I actually love to hear what you're talking about when I bring up communication. I was sort of referring to the communication between just you and Jody, but really. It's true. In a type of business transaction, especially a small business transaction like this, it's so important to have your significant other and your parents and uh, communicate between through all these people because a lot of these people are stakeholders, whether they're directly monetarily or just emotionally, which is mostly emotionally. Um, and I love that you sort of touched on that because I think that's something that a lot of people don't really consider and don't really... Um, uh, uh, put at the forefront of the conversation as something that is important. Um, so when you guys were going through the negotiations, so you love Jody, Jody loves you. You guys have this amazing conversation and you're like, okay, it's all glorious. I'm going to take over the reins of this amazing event company. You had to have some, some, I'm sure some negotiation, right? Like some Definitely. fierce conversations. What was it like negotiating with your boss and you're still an employee, but you're going to buy this company and you really, really respect her. You want to make sure that she doesn't feel disrespected, but also you don't want to overpay for a company. How did that negotiation go? Um, great question. It went really great. And I think the key to that was communication. But I think also is like really mapping everything out very clearly. Like Jody and I made a decision like we would never discuss anything in the office. Like I had other girls around us, our fabulous employees, our team members. And it was our decision and our conversation. And we were really smart about when we discussed these things, how we discussed them, who would be involved in those discussions. And I think that that's what really set us up for success. Did you guys hire a consultant or someone to help guide you through this process together? We actually each had our own teams. Okay. Um, we felt that that was more important because of Jody's um, having the company already established and me buying the company and kind of the vision for the future with 
times changing and everything changing from when Jody first started this business is very different from where and how event businesses run today. So we felt it was both important for us to have our own team players on this. And when you guys were having some of those negotiation conversations, was it your whole team and Jody's whole team sitting at the tables together or were you just getting advice from your team and she's getting advice from her team and then just the two of you guys would sit down? So we actually decided that we would communicate directly to each other, but with our team players involved. So how that worked is we would get, um, we would have one-on-ones with our own individual teams and then Jody and I would sit and talk about it. So it wasn't just like people randomly chiming in or thinking what they thought was best for us. Like what we said to each other is exactly how it went down. Um, So we would sit with each other at the table and I would say, this is how I feel and this is why. Or this was brought to my attention from blank and blank on my team. How do you feel about that? And she would simply say, I see that. I would want to take it back. I want to discuss it with my team and we'll figure out maybe a middle ground or I'll come back to you. So it was never us promising anything within those meetings because there was nobody there, but rather us having conversations about how we felt about these things. And I think that was really important because it was really genuinely like how I felt and how she felt and we could really interact with each other. And everyone knows like in your classic lawsuit or something, when something happens, like sometimes you're not even able to say certain things, you know? And Jody and I felt like if we were going to do this, we wanted to communicate with each other um, about everything that we were comfortable with and everything we weren't comfortable with. So while you're telling this story, I can't help but imagine this interesting dynamic because Jody had been your mentor for a long time. And so here you are essentially negotiating with your mentor, someone who naturally you would ask, is this even the right decision? Um, so how did that play out in your in your head? And then do you feel like it affected your conversations with her? It definitely didn't. Like we did such a good job of keeping everything really separate. And I would still go to her with it um, for advice. And I would make sure to um, really like separate the two from events to advice to emotional support or whatever it should be. Um, but yeah, like at times I was like, I wish I could like ask Jody about this, you know, but I'm like, right. I can't ask Jody about this because like <laughs> I'm going through it with Jody. So yeah. that's when I really turned to Taylor, my husband, um, to really consult who's such a smart cookie um, about these things. And ultimately he would say like, it's your decision, but I do feel that this is a valid point or that is a valid point. And so I don't know, it like actually brought Taylor and I really close together in doing this transaction. Cause we were talking about something different and exciting. And I don't know, it was like a whole new educational sector in our home, like owning a business, <laughs> learning the ins and outs. Um, but I thought that that was um, really different and awesome for us. But yeah, I uh, still have Jody as a mentor. I'm really lucky for that. How long did the process take you? The process took about a year, I would say, from start to finish. Um, You know, with events, we would get really busy. Things would get pushed off. Some months we'd be really stressed out and we'd say, let's come back to this in two months, you know? So it was always an ongoing conversation. It was never going to like dwindle out, but it was like always something that we were like, we need to finalize this or here's the end date for that. And so eventually we were like, put a date on the calendar and we were like, we will be done by this date. Like we need it. We need to sign the papers this date. And then we started putting like, just like events have timelines. We put a timeline on ourselves. We like (laughs) needed to, we were like, we need to get this done. She was like, we do. 
So, so it worked out that way. When I went through my recent buyout, I felt like <laughs> the amount of time that it took was so much longer than my partner and I expected. When we first had the initial conversation, which, by the way, went well, uh, we're still friends. <laughs> um, it we we put a timeline of like a month on it, and we're like, yeah, we'll have this done in a month. Oh my gosh, it took I think ten months, <laughs> and we were both super frustrated by it, and we both were wanting to just get it done. But like you said, I mean, you have to go through. Uh, talk with your accountants and valuations and back and forths and consultants and all this kind of stuff. And it just takes a lot longer than you expect, I think, from when you initially think, okay, I'm going to buy this company. Exactly. You're on like five different timelines now. You're not on your own. Right. So this whole process, it sounds like luckily for you, it went really smoothly. I'm sure some listeners are wondering, well, I, I kind of want to buy my own business but I don't have the cash or I don't have the money. Can you talk a little bit about how you did that? Like what what tools did you use and where did you learn all of that from? Yep, I hired a financial analyst <clears throat> and a financial team that kind of guided me in how I would pay for this <clears throat> and how it would look for the next five years, four years, whatever it should be. Um, and we kind of talked through what that was going to be like for the future of Evoke, how it was going to be, what I would need to do to get there. Um, and then and then Jody and I agreed on some really wonderful terms that were um, good for her and for her future, but also really good for us, Evoke as a whole, and our future. So um, that was really nice. But yes, like... You do need the cash flow. You do need to think about these things. You do need to plan in advance. You need to have separate accounts. You need to put savings aside every month. Um, and you need to have a timeline because otherwise it, it won't work. So your financial advisor helped you organize the cash flow of the business and and your personal and figured out between those two how you would pay Jody back. Exactly. As you operated over the next five to 10 years. Exactly. Exactly. So we had a really great projected plan in place. Um, and then our accountant for Evoke is actually um, a really amazing player um, involved. And she was Jody's accountant mm -hmm. as well. Um, and she just, she is somebody I felt that was really important to keep on keeping with Evoke um, when I purchased the business. And so she knew exactly what was going on on both ends, which I thought was really great of us. Um, and most people would have been like, no, I want a whole new fresh team. But, you know, she's somebody who like understood the events industry now, understood the planners, understood the commission style and understood like how our projected events come in. So she was able to really guide me in how this would work and how we should save um, to make these payments. Right. So right. during this process, were the employees at Evoke aware that you guys were going through this? Or at what point did you announce it? Nope. They had no idea. Um, we told the girls, I'll never forget, on June 17th at a coffee shop across the street from Evoke. At the time, we were in Silver Spring, bump and grind. And we told them we had to sign the papers the day before. Hmm. That's so rewarding. Yeah, it's awesome. It was amazing. And since you have gone through this transition, how has the 
relationship with your colleagues, uh, now employees? How how has that changed? I I know I've been to your offices. You guys are all best <laughs> friends, um, but it sounds like you've really you really went from working us you know alongside these folks to now being their manager and being the owner of the company. And has that changed the dynamic at all? I think sometimes, but I try for it not to. So yes, you've been to our office like. I could sit at my own desk in the corner and I choose not to. Like I choose to sit among the girls. Um, I choose to talk to them about my own events, my own pain points. Um, sometimes when clients aren't nice to me, I definitely bring it up because I want them to understand that I share the same things that they share. Um, but yeah, are there times I need to put um, a managerial hat on and sort of um, slap them on the wrist? Maybe, but to be honest, our team is so great and so professional and so wonderful and so hardworking, it's rare. So I haven't really necessarily had to take a step back, but I have to tell you that they all respect me so much and they're like my number one cheerleader. So I'm really lucky to have them all. How has your day changed now that you're the owner of the business and not an employee? Um, I definitely think that that's the one thing about ownership you don't realize um, is there's a lot of elements. There's a lot of time that is... Um, for lack of a better word, sucked away from you. Um, but it's so rewarding at the end. You really have to sit with it. But yes, um, is there no alone time? There is no alone time. Um, I have to, you know, in order for me to really work on my clients and really for me to work on the business, I really need to set time up early in the morning or late at night because during the day, I find that like, I'm a mentor to the girls or I'm working alongside of them or better yet with them on projects, you know, whether it's this floor planner, that design planner, what do you think? Or how do we answer this vendor? Or how do we handle this accounting issue? You know, thousands of questions. I love it. Um, but it definitely, it definitely your day to day changes drastically. Do you feel like your motivations have changed um, either personally or professionally now that you own your own business? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, definitely more motivated than ever um, because I have to be because I have um, six amazing girls on the team, um, you know, and my job is to sell them, but also to make them proud and to put them out in the world and, you know, just making sure that they're happy and they're healthy too. So definitely motivation more than ever. Um, but also, you know, I do have a level of responsibility and, you know, sometimes that means I can't go out on a Friday night with my group of friends that I want to because I need to wake up early and I need to be present and I need to rock it for Kate or I need to rock it for Stephanie and I need to be the best bridal concierge they ever wanted on their job. You know, they would do it for me and I need to do it for them. So just because I might be like in a higher role, it doesn't mean that I can't show up and be present and be the best that I can be for them. Do you feel like since you have taken over the the company and you bought this company from Jody that there was a myth or is there something that you really like didn't know about being a business owner until you just signed that dotted line maybe a week two, three weeks after you're like wow I employment really taxes <laughs> <laughs> just kidding but like seriously didn't realize this no um yeah I mean honestly a bunch of the little things right like Sandra was saying like 
time, like your day to day, like, you know, I always saw Jody like in, out and about. I'm like, what is she doing? Like, what is she <laughs> doing? Like, she's like, I have lunch at two. I'll like, I'll leave lunch. Like, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive. I'll call you on the car ride when I'm at the red light. And then I'll make a right. And then I'll make a left. And then I'll come back into the office. I'm going to run in. I'm going to grab the event stuff. I'm going to go to set up. I'll call you again when I'm at the other red light. Like, I'm like, wow, her day is so timed out. Like, I was like, that's crazy. Like, what is she doing? You know? And I realized shortly, like, oh, she's making time for everyone. Like, she's throwing a thousand things, like, on her plate. And she's making, like, a really beautiful schedule on a post-it note, of course, Jody style, in the morning. And she's making sure she has time for everyone. So, you know, yeah, world has changed. Like, life has totally changed. Whether it's a balancing act between your schedule or literally, like, employment taxes, or the little things like parking tickets. And now you're calling people while you're at a red light. <laughs> yeah. Bluetooth. There's a, there's God. It's called Bluetooth. <laughs> so well, you had mentioned finding some balance outside of work. So what are some of your hobbies outside of work? Um, if I'm not working, I'm traveling, um, which isn't always balanced because it's usually like nonstop also for anyone who loves to travel. But um Definitely like the food and beverage scene. Um, I love being inspired by that. Um, get me a really creative menu. I'm your girl. Um, <laughs> but definitely traveling, like seeing the world. And for me specifically, like being with my family, whether it's in Portugal, which is like my second home that I love going to, or it's just like our little oasis with my family and my parents' home in Fairfax with my sister and her kids and just like being silly running around. That, that, is, that is what I'm doing usually. What is one piece of advice that you would give to a budding entrepreneur that either is looking to start a business or to buy a business that they currently work for? Hmm, great question. Um, do your research. Um, you know, see who's um in business or has that style business around you. Target um target market research is a thing. Um, so be familiar, but also like don't don't be scared to like pick up the phone and call somebody and you know pick my brain for example or there's tons of amazing entrepreneurs in this area um and just talk to them like what do you think is this or what do you think is that you have to remember your business is no one else's business like how you run things how you pay the bills how you do things and i always tell the girls in our office like well, how we do things here is very differently um than others and we pride ourselves on that like we always say like what happens at Evoke stays at Evoke. Um, how we do things is very differently, but we we love it. And I think sometimes um, people are scared to ask others, like, how do you run your business or what worked for you or um, like what made you make this decision? And I think it's just offer to take them to coffee or get a casual breakfast and um, not over drinks, um, but really just ask the right questions. And I think you'd be pleasantly surprised that people are willing to share their experiences with you. And for those that are interested in getting in touch with Jeanette, uh, check us out at smallbtalk.com and we'll put their Instagram um, onto our show notes. And I think if you DM Evoke DC, uh, Jeanette will likely answer. I'll probably answer. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Can you tell us, Jeanette, in wrapping up, um, what is your next big challenge? And is there a connection that you're looking to make or any way that maybe our listeners could help you? I love it. Um, you know, what we're doing at Evoke is very different than any other events firm. Um, we pride ourselves on this like concierge experience, you know, touching and guiding our clients, but really while like welcoming them into our family, I want them to understand what we're about 
who we are, but like we want to design their beautiful epic events. Um, we love corporate clients. I know it's also beautiful. So many beautiful weddings on our Instagram handle and we can't always share our corporate events, um, especially being from the DC area, but we love working with corporate clients. We love taking their conferences and experiences to the next level. Um, we've been doing some really great things with some big firms in this area. And I think growing that sector for Evoke, but also our destination sector, you know, bringing 200 clients from New York to Portugal or 300 clients from DC to Italy or 50 people to Barcelona. It isn't easy. And it really takes a really reputable, um, polished firm to do that. And I really do think we are that. Um, so if you're interested in going abroad with Evoke, let us know. So definitely be sure to check out Evoke. Uh, what's your website? www.evoke dc as in district of columbia but also design and creative.com i love it and we will drop that into the show notes as well uh jeanette uh sandra and i really really appreciate you uh sitting down with us in our shed we had to turn the air conditioning off so it's getting a little hot in here um it's party <laughs> So we're going to uh, we're going to sign off now. Uh, but Jeanette, we really, really appreciate it and can't wait to see some of the more uh, some of the uh, amazing events that you guys produce. And thank you to you both. I'm so, by the way, excited to be here with you guys. And this was such a great experience. But um, you two have done um, such amazing things with Nice Cream and all the businesses and all the things and your future is bright. And I can't wait for our futures to cross even more. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jeanette. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like the episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating. That is how other people uh, on podcasts get to know about what we're producing and we'll be able to hear uh, this episode as well. If you have ideas about a future episode or any ideas of other folks that we should interview, please drop us a DM on Instagram at smallbtalk. That's S-M-A-L-L-B-T-A-L-K. Wanted to send a huge thanks to our producer today, Elijah Kang, for being an amazing producer and helping us get this off the ground. Also, a huge shout out to Jeanette Tavares for coming all the way out to Arlington uh, to record our first interview. And we just wanted to thank you for listening. We really appreciate all the support, guys, and can't wait for future episodes. Bye.